The Buffalo Bills win a close one, taking down the Jets 20-12. You are now listening to the Watering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Justin Goddard and Andrew Chang. Bills Mafia, welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fan Base Podcast Network. My name is Justin. I will be your host tonight. Um, this episode is brought to you by 26 Shirts. Uh, we've been talking about 26 Shirts for a while now. If you haven't done so already, um, check them out. Perfect time to check out 26 Shirts if you haven't yet. Um, get some last-minute Christmas gifts, some awesome Bills t-shirts, and you have the benefit of knowing that um, you're helping a good cause. 26 Shirts doing ton of work in the community. Um, so really, you get some awesome gear and support some awesome causes at the same time. Uh, episode is also brought to you by BetStamp. Um, gambling is legal in New York now, so if you're trying to make some money, you're looking at betting some sports, go ahead and check out BetStamp. Um, they're going to let you price shop all your lines. If you're going to be betting anyways, might as well shop it around a little bit and get the best bang for your buck, uh, best return on uh, best return on your investment. Um, so check out Bet, uh, Betstamp. Uh, tonight we're going to be unpacking uh, the Bills' victory today, um, beating the Jets in Buffalo by a score of 20-12. to 12, And start by saying that this was not a sexy game um, for at least for how we're used to this team winning. Um, a lot of the times it's kind of the defense just doing their job enough, um, giving the offense some extra opportunities, and the offense capitalizing on that and and really being the focal point of this team. Um, today, while it wasn't you know the most exciting game to watch, uh, like I said, the sexiest game out there, uh, it showed a different dimension to how this team can win games that I, th- I think we all knew existed, but we haven't really seen a ton of this year. Um, a lot of the games have kind of been, uh, the close games have been kind of shootouts where the defense, you know, gets a key stop at the end and puts the ball back in the offense's hands and Josh Allen and the guys go out there and take care of business. Um, this game was kind of, almost 100% the defense. We didn't really have a ton going on offense. Um, I guess one of the bright spots for me was we got to see some extended work from Sam Martin. Um, That was going well. He was punting uh, great today. Uh, And then we had the block punt, which was not fun to watch, especially in the situation where it happened. Um, We'll dive into that a little bit more later. Um, As always, I'm going to start out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we'll start with Josh Allen, and all of these these offensive stats are going to kind of reflect what I talk about with Allen here, and that is, you know, kind of a a low number game for Allen that we're not used to seeing, and we've seen some pedestrian numbers from him, and and at this point with Allen, it's become like you know, two twenty five, two fifty. And you know some forty yards rushing um, is is kind of like his his ho hum day. Um, today we saw just over fifty percent completion, sixteen of twenty seven for one hundred and forty seven yards, and a passing touchdown. 
Um, added another 47 yards on the ground on 10 carries with a rushing touchdown. Um, so even in a day where Josh Allen wasn't lighting anybody up, um, still a huge, huge contributions to um, what we were able to do on offense. Um, obviously, the that touchdown right before we go into halftime to Dawson Knox, um, just a beautiful quick drive put together and just able to get, I was looking for any points on the board at that point going into the locker room and to come away with seven was really huge there. And, you know, we don't really realize how huge it was until we see the final score of the game. Um, I personally thought this was going to be a game where it felt like we were due a turnover. I thought we were going to come out of half get a turnover and kind of just stomp on the gas and never look back. Uh, but that never really happened today. Um, it's not lending me to a ton of concern about the Bills offense or the play calling or anything like that. This is the type of game where I'm going to give credit where credit's due. And the team that the Jets are assembling, they're putting together a really good defense um, they're putting together a ton of pieces uh, on the offensive side of the ball, kind of just looking for a quarterback. And, you know, Mike Mike White looks like he can be that guy for a little bit, maybe a bridge. Um, who knows what happens with Zach Wilson at this point. Um, but that's a team that we talked about, uh, as well as the Miami Dolphins, who we'll be facing next week. Uh, we were talking about in the offseason that they're not these same old teams that we're we've gotten used to where they're just kind of the bottom feeders. Um, I, I mean, honestly, down there <laughs> with our own Buffalo Bills, with the Patriots reigning supreme, um, it seems like the Bills got to enjoy like two years of being the class of the division. And the Jets and the Dolphins in particular are really on a quick turnaround right behind us now. Um, but we're going to stick on the Jets right now. And... I, I really like the team that Joe Douglas is putting together there. I think he has a competent coach in Robert Sala, and that defense is legit. So, yes, our offense struggled today, but this was a game where we needed the defense to to kind of feast on their inferior offense and kind of keep it close for us all game so the offense could do what they had to do to take care of business. Um, so kind of pedestrian numbers, and that's going to carry over um, into the run game, into uh, the passing game. And we'll get into Singletary, eight carries for 39 yards. Um, James Cook, everybody kind of wanted to see what he was able to do to today to uh, follow up that performance that he had last week with 100 over 100 yards from scrimmage. And we saw him get four carries for six yards. Um, both minimal contributions in the passing game. Um, Singletary had a drop that was a pretty key drop towards the end of the game. Um, I I do put some blame on him for dropping the pass, but I, I didn't like the play call to start with. Um, kind of Jets are getting a little bit of momentum, and you're trying to crush some clock out, and you're throwing it to Singletary. Uh, I mean, it should have been a catch. He should have stayed in bounce, and the clock should have run. It, it shouldn't be something that we talk about, but um, I, I get it not wanting to be predictable in those circumstances, but also kind of just 
run the ball a few times, steal as much clock as you can, and kind of put the game away. Uh, but we didn't see that. And uh, there was another call late in the game with like a naked boot for for Josh Allen. He's trying to find um, Knox. And my first watching of the game looks like Knox was the only one running a route. And I, I had to text my buddies like, I think there was like two, two and a half minutes, something like that left in the game. And we come out on first down and, and we're throwing the ball. And it literally is like a play that I call in Madden when I'm like trying to bury the team a little bit more and, you know, up oh, they're expecting run. So I'm going to do this tight end seam off of play action and, and just gouge them down the middle. Um, it rarely works in Madden and, I guess it almost worked. It, it was a drop by Dawson Knox. It was good coverage on the play. Uh, kind of blocked Knox's eyesight, so it just kind of goes through his hands. Um, but the risk reward there for me at at that juncture of the game, I just I don't I don't really see it. Um, keep the ball on the ground, milk out some clock. It would have been cool if the play hit, but it's one of those one of those plays where you got to kind of be situational and and weigh the pros and cons there you know there's there's a chance of throwing an interception um they're getting the ball with great field possession and look this game ends up being an eight point game any little mistake there uh josh allen you know them not falling for the play action him taking a hit and fumbling it um on that naked boot there's nobody there to stop somebody if they're picking up a fumble and running it back so I'm typically all for the Bills being a little bit more on the aggressive side in a game where you've kind of struggled with the defense across from you all game, and it's been this defensive stalemate all game. Not crazy about you know trying to hit some home runs when when you have a decently safe lead and you can kind of crush some clock and make it difficult for them. Uh, but at any rate. Good news is, last week I was calling for more Knox. I, I was calling for Knox to get involved. Um, we gave him this huge payday, this extension, and hey, they heard me. Knox was more involved this week. Um, did have that drop that I just mentioned. Ends up getting four catches on seven attempts for 41 yards and a touchdown. And I would be very pleased with that line if it was kind of complementary to the rest of the team. Um, the concern pops up, and again, I, I said it at the top, it's all going to kind of flow with the day that Josh Allen had and the defense that the Jets have. Um, but our other top receivers, we had Diggs, three catches for 37 yards. Um, Davis, Gabe Davis, three catches, 31 yards. And McKenzie... Uh, ends up with three catches for 21 yards. He did also have a couple drops, and they were a couple key drops. Um, one of them in particular being, I believe, is third and two um, deep in the Jets' end, and we end up kicking a field goal there. Um, definitely would have been a first down, and just kind of unfortunately stalls out the drive. Um, this has kind of been... My my battle with McKenzie, he does make his contributions. His speed is valuable, um, but there's just been a degree of unreliability in the passing game, and 
in a game that ends up as close as it was, one play like that can change the tide of the whole game. You know, you get three there instead of seven, and who knows if it, if the Jets are able to put something together on that last drive. All of a sudden, we're talking about the possibility of overtime, um, just kind of leaving leaving points on the board. And, you know, I understand it's the NFL, and the defense is paid to make plays too. Um, but kind of those unforced errors that lead to points being left on the field. Now, I can't tell you that the Bills would have scored a touchdown there um, had he converted that first down. The odds just go up from that point. Um, so it, it's a little challenging. I, I've i been calling for seeing a little bit more Shakir. Uh, I think we've We've given the opportunities to, like, James Cook. Kair Elam got his opportunities early in the season. And I I think it's time that we see some Shakir. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he's not ready. Maybe it doesn't go well. But in the limited action that we've seen from him, uh, we saw him get one target today, and he drew a penalty on it. Um, we saw him get a few targets earlier in the year and have some success. Um, so... I mean, to me, love Isaiah McKenzie, and I don't want him fully taken out of the offense. Uh, I just kind of would like to see a little bit of a, a little more of a 50-50 split and then be able to get McKenzie involved in some of like the jet sweep stuff, some of the you know speed motions to stretch the field horizontally that we saw a lot previously. It seems like the, the more he is... A regular contributor on offense, you know, more of a standard receiver, the less we see of that. And we did see, you know, a couple carries from him today. Um, but even just the motion, I I would run McKenzie on motion over and over again in games and just kind of make the opposing defense look at that and then have Shakir be my more traditional slot receiver. Um, that's just me. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, offensive line. I thought, uh, Deion Dawkins kind of struggled in his first game back. Now he was listed as questionable, kind of on the fence about playing today. Um, we know that, uh, Questenberry was a little bit banged up coming out of last game. He was dressed and ready to play today. Um, I'm going to chalk some of this up to Deion Dawkins wanting to get back in there and, you know, still wasn't playing 100%, um, but he definitely struggled today. A uh, few flags thrown on him. I think there was at least two holding calls. Um, so just kind of not ideal and kind of just started with Dawkins, but I thought the offensive line struggled in general today. Um, Roger Saffold also had a holding call, um, had a false start. Mitch Morris, I thought, had some good points and some bad points. Um, I think Quinn and Williams going out kind of early in the game was was quite the blessing for our offensive line um, because he is an absolute problem um, in the middle there. And like I said, seems like we were kind of struggling overall with their defensive line. Um, Spencer Brown, I know I saw at least two replays where I saw him get away with a hold, um, you know, end up giving up or 
giving up three sacks to Josh Allen um, and obviously not very many running lanes open for for the production that we had on the ground today. Uh, so I, I, I was kind of hoping this group would be, you know, a little fresh, a little healthier, um, coming back from, you know, having that mini bye week, hoping the team in general kind of looked a little fresh. Um, the offensive line definitely struggled today. Um, but again, playing against an actual top caliber defense and the offense as a whole was able to get enough done to win the game. So I'll take it. They're not always pretty, but a win's a win. It's This isn't a game we're going to be thinking about as we uh, get into the playoffs. Bills Mafia, it's your boy Justin from the Wandering Buffalo Podcast here for our friends over at BetStamp. If you're not familiar with BetStamp, it is a line shopping app for all sports betting um, that's going to help you get the best odds when you're placing a bet. Uh, so think of BetStamp as like a Trivago or Expedia for placing bets. Um, so it's going to search across all the major um, betting platforms and make sure you're getting the best odds. Um, so if you're going to be doing sports betting anyways, why stick to one gambling app when you could get better odds going across multiple platforms? Uh, you want to make sure you're getting the most return on your investment. BetStamp also lets you track all your previous bet history, uh, see what's working for you, uh, what's not working, what trends may be emerging. Uh, make sure that you're making the most educated bets you can going forward. Check out BetStamp today and start cashing in on your bets tomorrow. And before we go to break, just want to talk about the uh, special teams units. Um, Tyler Bass continues to have a great season. I I had some concern going into this game, you know, seeing the weather before it started. Um, you know, not a kicker's dream come true. Um, and knowing the defense that the Jets have, I kind of expected this to be a pretty close game and you know the kicking game maybe having a big impact on the game well no need to worry there Tyler Bass goes two for two on both of his field goal attempts and two for two on his PATs so continues having a great season um, love having that guy back there there's there haven't been a ton of games that are really decided by something that he does um, but as we move into the late season and the playoffs, the games start getting a little bit tougher, more physical, a little bit closer. And you know, we might have a game that comes down to a game-winning kick that, you know, our whole season rides on that kick. Um, so I feel very comfortable, comfortable, excuse me, um, headed into playoff time of the year with Tyler Bass back there. Um, Naheem Hines, I had some criticism for him last week. Uh, I thought he had a good day returning today. Um, looked pretty strong, makes smart decisions with the ball and, you know, did have a couple of returns today that really kind of switched the field position for us. Um, so I mentioned it last week that I thought it was kind of more an anomaly that he didn't have a great day. He's been very, very reliable since coming over from the Colts. And to me, it looked like he got back on track today. And as I mentioned, kind of at the top of the show, uh, this is the most work that our punter has had to do in a long time. Uh, Sam Martin was out there, I think it was eight, nine punts today. And overall, I was very pleased with his punting. Um, what was very concerning and, you know, kind of, 
a routine type play towards the end of the game as we end up having a, a punt blocked right out of the back of the end zone. Uh, all of a sudden goes from, you know, a two-score game to uh, we're giving the Jets the ball back. It's an eight-point game. Um, immediately after the game, A.J. Klein took full responsibility for that. He said it was just a completely missed assignment. Um I think it was Jermaine Johnson just comes in free and blocks the punt. Um, that's the type of thing that I don't want to see <laughs> week 14. Uh, I know AJ Klein just rejoined the team recently, uh, but definitely something that we, we're going to have to have cleaned up as we head into the playoffs. You can't, can't be having mistakes like that, you know, game kind of in hand and you give that team the one last chance um, to tie it up. I, you know, I, I think about, you know, what if we were playing the Chiefs in that situation? And, you know, you, you're pretty much wrapping up the game. And now you've given them the two free points and the ball back. And, oh, yeah, their quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. Um, I thought Mike White did his thing today. Um, definitely a different class of quarterback. So something that I really don't want to see carry over beyond this week. And not something that we've seen really happen this season. So... Not overly concerned, but definitely something. Definitely want them to sit down and watch that film to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to dive back into the defensive side of the ball. Stick around. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. Welcome back and thank you again for joining me on today's episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. Again, this show is brought to you by our friends at 26 Shirts and our friends over at BetStamp. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and check them out. We're going to dive back into this episode, and for me, we're going to talk about the the stars of this game um, that led the Bills to victory. Um, obviously, the offensive side of the ball wasn't super potent today. Um, they did what they had to do to get the, day, uh, the game won, but the defense is what gave them the opportunity to be able to cash in on that. Um, in particular for me today, it was the defensive line. And, you know, what, what's the story in Buffalo this whole week? You know, we go from, you know, Von Miller's out. We all saw that on Thanksgiving. We immediately thought, you know, oh, that looks like an ACL. You know, worst case scenario, we all, we all, mentally prepared ourselves for that news and then you know it starts coming out von miller on his podcast saying like oh i'm gonna be back by the jets like maybe maybe not the jets but worst case scenario dolphins i'm i'm gonna be back uh and then just kind of some reports coming out confirming that you know it looks like a meniscus tear um might be able to play with a brace might need a surgery could still return this season uh we see Brandon Bean put Von Miller on the IR and he's like, Hey, we're just going to give him the four weeks to rest. Should be all healed up by them. Ready for a playoff run. Dope. Uh, we all got super excited for that. And as they go into work on the meniscus, they find an ACL tear and Von Miller's not only done for this year, but we're going to miss him for a good portion of next year too. Um, so the story immediately becomes, what does our defensive line um, look like without him? 
Um, obviously, this is a team that you know made it to the playoffs last year. Was 13 seconds away from you know the AFC Championship, one game away from the Super Bowl, and that that was without Von Miller, right? So we brought Von Miller in to be that missing piece, kind of that that game changer um, when you really needed it, fourth quarter game on the line. All that being said, yes, we're we're going to miss Von Miller down the stretch here, um, but in the first game without him here. Um, Great performances from the defensive line. Um, Greg Rousseau in particular, um, shout him out. He had two sacks. Um, he had a couple batted passes. Um, he's sound in run defense. He was getting after Mike White, Joe Flacco, whoever was in there. Groot had a great game, and it really looks like he's starting to to blossom. We've seen it happen throughout this season, and you know, the name that comes up the most, and like, who do we need to step up with Von Miller out? Most people are going to tell you it's Greg Rousseau. And I thought he did exactly that today. Uh, my guy Shaq Lawson uh, gave him all the praise I could last week just for how fundamental he is as a football player, um, how he's always in the right spot. He jumps in and adds a sack today. We saw an AJ Epinesa sack today. Um, Ed Oliver up the middle, just causing problems. Had a couple hits on Mike White. Um, Daquan Jones doing his thing in the middle. Um, recovered a fumble, key fumble. Um, these are all the things that we're talking about. You know, giving the offense those extra opportunities when they were struggling. Uh, now we did give up some chunks uh, on the ground. Um, Zonovan Knight has 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown, and. That doesn't look, you know, like they really shut him down on paper, right? Um, we're looking at a guy who had over 100 scrimmage yards last week. Um, a team in the Jets that last time we played them just, what, four or five weeks ago um, had almost 200 yards on the ground. Um, so that the turnaround from, from then to now, um, night and day, and... Some of the players that we were missing in that game, um, obviously, you know, Trey White's in the fold. Um, I believe Milano missed that game, maybe Edmonds. I know Poyer was out. Um, as we're still dealing with a ton of injuries on on defense, we are getting some of our guys back. And, you know, it, it's a hell of a lot better of a defense when we have, you know, Jordan Poyer in there instead of Jaquan Johnson. Um when we have Matt Milano in there instead of Terrell Bernard. And I think this team has, you know, amassed a good amount of depth. And it's a team that can play through kind of an injury or two. It's when you have backups playing at, you know, seven of your 11 positions, whatever the number was. Hard to overcome a ton. So overall... I thought it was a good day for the defensive line, especially, you know, considering the, the circumstances playing without Von Miller. I thought we had a lot of players step up, in particular Groot, but Shaq Lawson, Epinesa also contributing. And Ed Oliver, I think, is going to be a key piece down the stretch here for for the pressure that he's able to generate up the middle to kind of make up for the little bit of uh, the difference in lack of talent from from the edge. 
Um, the linebackers, I thought, both had a pretty good game. Um, Milano, I, I should rephrase that. I think Edmonds had a pretty good game. Milano really shined today. Um, and and some, sometimes, you know, Edmonds has a good game, and it just completely gets overshadowed by uh, Milano. I, I think that's kind of the case today. Uh, Edmonds did have some, you know, missed opportunities and we've seen better games from him, but I've certainly seen worse. Um, Milano was all over the place again today though. Um, logs nine, nine tackles. Um, he had a tackle for a loss. He had a fumble recovery, um, just all over the place. I think there was a pass or two defended in there as well. Um, Milano continues making the case for, you know, a Pro Bowl season, uh, I think he's had several in the past, but it's got to be really hard to ignore giving Milano the nod this year. He's been playing out of his skin. Um, he had the the one hit right up the middle from uh, on Mike White, and I, especially considering everything else Mike White went through in that game, I don't know how he got up to play another down. Um pretty crazy and I, I do want to take a, a moment here to give Mike White a shout out like what a what a tough kid out there uh I mean that the f- first hit he took I think was at Oliver and I will say all of the hits that we got on him were nice clean legal hits they were just violent aggressive hits uh, I'm not getting up from the first one um he ends up going to the sideline he comes back in two plays later and he took like two three more shots like all to the same exact spot like the chest and ribs and soldiered through and and finished out that game which was impressive in itself um did get an update not too long ago that he was going to the hospital um after the game just precautionary measures getting himself checked out um, so hopefully everything is okay with Mike White. Um, but hell of a game from him today. Uh, ton of toughness from that kid. And, you know, he might not be the answer for the Jets in five years. Um, uh, but he certainly makes them a more formidable team right now. So kudos to Mike White out there. Uh, and then going to wrap up with the, the secondary and, I'm going to start with kind of my downside to the secondary today. Um, and it's it's Dane Jackson for me again today. And I'm going to lump Kyer Elam in there too. Um, Dane Jackson is, he's been so frustrating for me because he's he doesn't get just straight up beat on these plays. Um, it's not like the receiver's, you know, running five yards free and catches a ball and, you know, takes it to the house every time. Um, but there, there's so many plays that he's so close. He's there. He's in position. Um, he doesn't get his hands up. He doesn't get his head around. Um, and, and that's, I feel like maybe the reason that he's still, you know, getting this starting nod, um, I feel like maybe the coaching staff thinks if they can get him to get that one last piece together, he's listen, he's a really good cornerback. If he finishes those plays, he's just in position and not making the plays at the point of attack. Um, so I don't know what to do with that. I would really love to see it all 
kind of come together and see what he can look like as a player out there. Um, because like I said, he's so often in position, so often in position and just doesn't finish out the play. Um, and I have to lump Kyer Elam in here too. Um, because he he's that the first round pick he's you know that guy we were so excited to see him starting opposite Trey White once we got Trey back and I mentioned it in the top of the show you know we've we've seen um, James Cook getting his opportunities we've seen a little bit for Shakir we're not really even seeing Kyrie Elam get his opportunities and I I need to know what's going on here because he did get his opportunities early in the year and I thought he was playing pretty well um not you know some some rookie growing pains but I don't think he was doing anything like egregiously wrong um and coaching staff isn't giving us a ton to work with here um, we know that he was dealing with an injury. Maybe he's still not 100% there, and they just don't want to tell us that. I don't know what the case was today. Um, I, I have to get the snap breakdown, but he was active today, and I don't really remember seeing him on the field. Um, so hopefully we can start figuring that out over the last few weeks here and see see if that's you know a viable number two across from Trey going into the playoffs. Um as of right now, Dane Jackson's kind of a liability, and if he can put together that last piece where he makes the play when he's in position, fine. Um, but if he continues to not make the play at the point of attack, that that's going to spell trouble for us um, in this playoff stretch. Um, Trey White, I, I'm I'm not gonna pile on Trey White here. He's obviously you know like in his second game since uh, since returning, and you know it seems like they kind of wanted to ramp him up slowly. You know, kind of based on injuries. He whether he was you know fully fully ready to go or not, he kind of went right back into playing pretty much 100. percent I I think he struggled a bit today, and. You know, he's lining up across from Garrett Wilson an awful lot today. That dude's been taking the league by storm. Um, what I do like about Trey, and this is something that I've always liked about Trey, um, you know, typically he's he's on the receiver like glue and he's making the plays or he's in zone and he reads the quarterback and falls off his man, goes and make a, makes a pick. Um, didn't see like that type of play today. Um, but what he always does so well is he keeps the play in front of him. So even if he's allowing a catch, uh, the play's in front of him. He's like forcing the ball back inside. He's forcing the receiver out of bounds, uh, but giving his team an opportunity to rally around the ball and, and make the tackle. Um, so I thought he had a little bit of a tough day out there. Um, I, I think these days are to an extent to be expected as he's, you know, getting back into form, you know, coming off the ACL. Um, hopefully we get to, you know, pre-Thanksgiving of last year, Trey, sooner rather than later, because that's an absolute game changer for the defense. Uh, and then my good on the on the secondary side of it, Taron Johnson I thought had a good day. Um, ton of tackles from, from the secondary, um, which I guess kind of, probably plays plays into the success the Jets had on the ground. 
Um, a little bit to do with the Jets' passing scheme. You know, Mike's, Mike White's getting the ball out of his hands fast. Um, so a, a lot of kind of rally and tackle on shorter stuff. Um, Taron Johnson had eight tackles today, a tackle for loss. Um, Jordan Poyer, seven tackles today, and also had a tackle for a loss. And DeMar Hamlin had a good day today and a forced fumble. Um, I've been talking about Hamlin for, for quite a few weeks now. Um, not, not quite Micah Hyde. Not many people are. Uh, but I, I think that as far as, you know, we talked about overcoming, having depth in there earlier, I think DeMar Hamlin has been, you know, exactly what you hope for in a situation where you have to go to one of your backup players, um, I do think there's some drop off from uh, Micah Hyde. I think about ninety percent of the ninety percent of safeties you'd slot in there in the league would be a drop off from Hyde. Uh, but I thought I think he's been playing well in his own right. Um, there's sometimes that we see him, you know, take a weird angle and miss tackle that way or whatever. Um, but overall, I think he's been a sound tackler. I think he's made some opportune plays. He's done some thumping. Um, uh, pretty much everything I could ask for in a safety that's not named Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer. So uh, hats off to Hamlin. Another good week for him. And that's going to do it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the wandering Buffalo player of the game, I had to give the tip of the cap here to one Greg Rousseau. Um, again, everything I mentioned before, I just think he's... He played so well today. He's been really coming along this season, and it seemed like he really understood that there's um, some more on his plate today um, and going down the stretch without Von Miller in there. Um, Ken Dorsey, tablet player of the game. Sorry to do it, but that one's got to be Dane Jackson again. Um, And for all the reasons that I I mentioned before, uh, I I just really need to see that you know, last like 20% of the play finished off every time. And, you know, I don't want to lump on Dane Jackson too much. He did have some moments today. He had, you know, some key pass breakups. He had some nice run support tackles. Um, It's not like he's, you know, this complete weak link out there. Um, But I I think for me, what makes it the most frustrating is that he's keeps himself in the right position and, um, just leave so many plays unfinished. Um, looking forward, another big division game coming up against the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins have to head into Chili Orchard Park for that game. Um, hopefully, you know, there's some cold weather, not, you know, too much wind and stuff, so we can still pass the ball, but a little bit of retribution for the sun and sweltering heat that we had to deal with down in Miami. Uh, but obviously an important game. Miami has been kind of right there with the Buffalo Bills for the top of the AFC this year. Um, and they already have one win on us. So we knew going into this stretch of games, you know, we had three consecutive division games. Um, we took care of business in the last two after starting out 0-2. Um, so hopefully we can take it to the Dolphins next week and really improve upon that record as we head towards the the uh, home stretch of the NFL season. 
Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you again for joining me. Um, if you've made it this far, go ahead and like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment, uh, tell a friend about the podcast. It really helps us out. Um, and thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. And hopefully it's going to be celebrating a win against Miami. Go Bills.